0: Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
1: Now listen, they want me to say hello, welcome to the James Whale best bits of tonight's show. I wish you can hear every night Monday to Friday on talk radio from 7 till 10. But I said, wouldn't it be best to call it the worst of whale? So have a listen. See what you think. Uh, let's talk to uh, Kieran Mullen, junior doctor in the NHS. He's also a new MP, the new MP for Crew and Nantwich. Kieran, good evening. Good evening. How are you doing? I'm good. Now, why so many doctors becoming
0: MPs? That's the first
1: question, isn't it?
0: Well, I think probably still a small number of us, a small proportion of us. Um, I, I think it's good. I think the more frontline NHS staff or any public well. sector staff we can have in Parliament making decisions about the public services, the better I think we'll all be in terms of getting better decisions for our public services.
1: I think that's a very good point, Kieran. Very good point indeed. Uh, are you a Labour or a Conservative Member of Parliament?
0: I'm a Conservative Member of Parliament.
1: OK. Um, just, uh, I like to know. Now, no, uh, fine. Do, you, do you think in that case Boris should have locked everything down uh, a lot earlier or not?
0: i think that these things are really difficult you know all the way along it's, it's really balanced judgment calls that you're making what mm. i think we are doing is listening to the advice that we're getting from our top scientists and i think that's that's the only way you can do it really uh, just be getting expert advice and just weighing that up and and going with what they think is best in the in the long term what they're looking mm. at all the time is how quickly cases are rising what the projections are for how much quicker they're going to rise and and trying to make use of these measures at the best possible time. If you do them too soon, you don't get as much benefit. And nearly all of these measures have got consequences. If you look at the key workers' decision, for example, if we, we you know, if you make it more difficult for key workers to get to to work, then th- that's got consequences too. So every time we've got to balance all these measures that we're taking.
1: I mean, is it really making a difference if? Uh people like me and, and lots of other people stay at home
0: it absolutely does make a difference and what it's all about how quickly this virus spreads and and inevitably people will catch it but if too many people catch it too quickly our health service gets gets over overwhelmed and that's what we're trying to do we're trying to flatten the curve of the speed at which people get this this virus unfortunately for, even though most people who catch it will be okay a small number Will become hmm. quite unwell and need help, and, and if too many people are in that category in a short space of time, we won't be able to give them the healthcare they need to get them out the other side. But there's still a lot that's of cool. people going
2: to work, aren't there?
0: Indeed, and and that's going to be important. Not that many, again, I don't think. you know, the, it, jobs need to be done. But you know, Ooh. we need things that are very important for our economy to to, to keep going. Um, and so again, that's that's a balance that we're always having to strike.
1: And and people sort of staying away from each other in pubs and coffee shops and things like that. That's a good idea.
0: Absolutely. So it's mm. all about you know, thinking about the fact that you might feel OK and you might not think you've got anything wrong with you. But actually, early on, you could be passing on the virus before you even know you've got it. And so you're in the pub, you're in a restaurant, places like that. You, you're with your friends and your family, and you, you're just passing it on to each other. And again, you might be staying away from your relatives. You might be acting sensibly and saying, "Actually, no, I'm not going to go and visit my grandma at the moment." But your friend that you've passed it on to, he might not be doing that. and He might go off and, and visit his grandma. And so we've all got a role to play in just stopping it from spreading. And and it's just keeping in mind that that you know the government is doing all of this to keep people alive. We're trying to stop people dying. It's, it's decisions that we're not taking lightly. And I'm sure many of the listeners will have seen what's been happening in Italy, seeing the really tragic cases of people losing their lives. The hospitals are really struggling, and we need to do everything we can to avoid that happening here. But certain what jobs... Is, um...
2: What about people like labourers? And there's certain jobs that you think aren't actually that. You know, you said it's important for the economy, but shouldn't we just forget the economy at the moment and just concentrate on not getting this disease spread?
0: Well, what we've said is actually, it, wherever possible, people should be keeping those distancing rules in place. And so there's very many people that can go to work and keep that two metres away from, from their, uh, their colleagues. And, um, and when we say the economy, it's not because actually that doesn't, you know, that, that it's not just because we care about business as such. But actually, you know, a year from now, economies and having money, that's also important to health care. Uh, we still mm-hmm. have to carry on delivering our same NHS services a year from now, two years from now, three years from now, and, and, and the money we have to spend on, an, on the NHS in the long term, all of these things are dependent on the economy. You know, the, the biggest link, if you look at a country as a whole, one of the biggest links between how healthy their population is and, and how much healthcare they get is the strength of their economy. So we've got to think in the long run that we've got to re- come back from this place. And so actually it's important to balance what we're doing so that we don't do long-term damage that will also have consequences for everybody's health.
1: Kieran, you're uh, you're a doctor, trained doctor, and you've uh, now become an MP. You're going to go back to the NHS for a short while, aren't you?
0: Yes, I, I will be. Um- I think that for those of us that can make a contribution at this critical time, then I think it's right that we do. And and thousands of other doctors and nurses and other healthcare staff have have said the same thing. And I'd encourage any of your listeners, if they have recently retired and they think they could make a contribution, uh, I would really encourage them to think about uh, whether they can come back and help. And, And it won't just be helping look after these patients. It's actually going to be doing other things that free up the staff to carry on, um, and focus on those people that are really unwell. So it's actually anybody might be able to make a contribution if they've worked in the NHS before. And it's something I'm really proud to do. I've you know, always been proud of the fact that public services is something that I've done, and and, and, I, and everyone can see now why. Mm-hmm. Look at the amazing work that our NHS is doing and our other public services are doing. So um, you know, I'm really Proud to get the chance to to play my part in that.
1: The James Whale Show. Come praise the wheel on Talk Radio. Uh, Let's talk to our good friend uh, Chris Bryant, who's the Labour MP for the Ronda. And uh, Chris, good evening. Welcome to you. Good evening, Uh, James. How are you? I'm very well. I just said I'm uh, I'm getting slightly I I don't know. He's locked uh, up in a box. uh, Depressed, I suppose, slightly for his own good. Yeah, probably a bit depressed. I don't know. I thought I'd quite like to be uh on my own for uh, some time without having to do anything or go anywhere, if you know what I mean. I mean I really yeah. enjoy what I do, so I'm d- this is great. But then yeah. then you don't realise, well there's the journey to work, that's yeah. great, the journey back, the journey when you're there. Yeah. 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 And it just gets a bit difficult after a while, yeah. but there we are. Yeah.
3: You should try being locked in a room with lots of MPs.
1: No, no, thanks. No, no. I, I think you're right. Yeah.
3: It was slightly no, s- strange. I had a, uh, you, as you probably know, on the, there's a ballot for who's on the order yeah. paper for Prime Minister's questions. And I had one last week. And, uh, uh, and then, of course, they, normally Prime Minister's questions is rammed. And on this occasion, um, they were trying to make sure that we weren't all sitting on top of each other kind of thing. So <laughs> we were all spaced out. And yeah. um, it made for a very, very different atmosphere. Quite um, mm. strange, really.
1: Well, not everybody
3: got in either. I wouldn't have thought. Uh, no, no, lots of people. So the vast majority of people were told not to come into the chamber, and lots of people. I mean, we've all been on a, you know, don't come if you, um, if you unless you have to kind of thing. So last night I had a debate on the accident emergency uh, department staffing around the country. So I had to be there yesterday in Parliament, um, but now I'm I'm at home in in the Rhondda.
1: I uh, I watched some of your debate last night um, or yesterday. And I, was, I, I thought it was an exceptional debate. Do you actually think anybody took enough notice of what you were saying?
3: I think that, I, I think the government minister, who I like, actually, I think she's doing, well, all of them, they're doing their level best, to, but they're running to, you know, stand still in a way. Yeah. I mean, some of the legislation that we were debating yesterday, there were 328 pages of it. And then on top of that, there were another 65 pages of government amendments to the built. And I mean, I, I would be amazed if more than 10 of us have read it all. Um, so, you know, we've introduced laws which are really, really tough. And um, but, you know, what are you going to do in, in a situation like that? Um, you know, I've, I've got people panicking when they see people out in the allotments um, right. congregating. I've got people ringing me up, telling me that there are, um, you know, pubs letting people in the, through the side door. Um, I've got people saying, uh, what are they to do about their 89-year-old grandpa who for whom they're the sole carer? Are they allowed to go? Um, other people ringing up, are, are they allowed to go for a walk on the mountains and things like that? I mean, you know, there's a lot of people mm. who are very, very nervous, very, very frightened, very, very anxious.
1: Do you think we ought to be considering stockpiling uh, things like... Uh, um, uh like, like the sort of oxygen machines, uh, some, of the, some of the medicines we're obviously short of as well. Uh, and we also need a hospital and hospital capacity, which probably doesn't get used quite a lot in normal times.
3: Well, I mean, the, the, Health Service one of the things, was things I was to trying to anyway. say last night yeah, was that, you know, we, at the moment there are 153 intensive care unit beds in Wales. Um, and they're at 90% capacity. So where are you going to put anybody, you know, in yeah. this emergency? Now, the good thing that they've done is they've um, they've refashioned lots of wards and turned them into new intensive care unit beds. Um, and, you know, I guess that's what's happening at the Excel, isn't it, that Matt Hancock's announced no. today. And that kind of thing will be going on all around the country, which is turning you know, spare space into, into additional hospital capacity. But, but the truth is that we have a fifth of the numbers of intensive care beds per head of population compared to Germany, a fifth. Mm. They have five times as many as we do. Italy has twice what we do. Mm. Italy has twice yeah. what we do. Why so, do you, think- you, know, you 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 really have to think, I think we have to think long and hard. When all of yeah. this is over and done with, we've got to think long and hard about our NHS. Um, Mm. I really hope that out of this people will realise that accident emergency doctors are heroes and heroines and uh, people shouldn't be attacking them, which is what happens all too often. But also, I hope lots of our young people will think of a career in emergency uh, medicine because it's really, really rewarding.
1: The James Whale Show. Come praise the Whale on Talk Radio. Nick Stewart, who's the A&R man for Extraordinaire. You might be able to get your uh, your musical career relaunch. Actually, That's right. Unite uh, yeah. him. Yeah. Nice to him. Nick. Good evening. Good evening, James. How are you? All right. Well, okay. Being uh, shut up at home, yeah, but I'm okay. He's I can I can He's work from home, and uh, I'm getting the odd food parcel, so it's not too bad. What about you?
2: Well, I'm pretty much the same here. The sun shone. Um and uh, it's 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 strange, strange days, as Jim Morrison yeah. once uh, yeah,
1: say. Yeah, strange days. Um, now, before we talk about uh, distraction, uh, the, the distractions uh, coming back, um, let's talk a little bit about your uh, problem. Do you think it was your biggest signing? First, I think I have to explain to me what an A&R man is, or you need to uh, explain what an A&R man is.
2: Well, A and R stands for artist and repertoire. And in the earliest days of the record business, um, uh, the primary one, I suppose, being George Martin. Each label in a in a record company had someone who was responsible for the artists and their repertoire. And George Martin uh, looked after in the early his early days um, Peter Sellers and, and and some comedy stuff. Yeah. and mm-hmm. then was introduced to The Beatles and by Brian Epstein, and the rest of that is history. Uh, Norrie Paramore did it at Columbia. Those were the two main labels at, at EMI. Dick Rowe did it at Decca, And every company had an A&R man. And Island Records in 1979 um, hired me as an A&R man. My job was to go and find potential acts for the label.
3: And you
1: signed you too, didn't you? I did sign you two, yes. Ash, we were coming coming to that. Why did you have to ruin the discussion? Sorry about <laughs> that, honestly. Honestly, Ash, you really are a pain. Yeah, no, I was just, you know, trying to bring it up so yeah, people realise the significance. Yeah,
2: uh, well, what we're we going to do You're very though? kind, Ash. Uh, yeah. uh, the, the, the order of March was that I... I I'll i come back to how I signed the distractions, but mm. I signed the distractions, Killing Joke, and then you two. So those were my first three, and, um, you know, that, was, that went r- reasonably well. The Distractions was quite an interesting one because at the time, behind the Island Records office in St. Peter's Square, West London, was a a distribution service run by the great Nick Flower, who would put out Mm -hmm. stuff uh, by Rough Trade, Mute, and Factory Records. And I went out there one afternoon and started, you know, fiddling about and poking about, and he said, why don't you take this? And he gave me a copy of Unknown Pleasures by uh, Joy Division, which I listened to much for the rest of the day thinking this is different this is fantastic and made an appointment to go and see the guys at factory in 42 palatine road manchester um one one day i'd never been to manchester before and i'm only just saying (laughs) that because i genuinely hadn't and um i went off to 42 palatine road and i know palatine uh, do you know where that is yeah yeah palatine road yeah yeah, well, that's where the headquarters of Factory Records in August 1979 yeah. was. Yeah. Anyway, um, they were all there. Tony Wilson, Rob Gretton, Alan Erasmus, and the great Martin Hannett. And I sort of breezed in in that rather jolly way that I have, and they all looked at me and thought, who on earth is this southern git? Um, and I said, I've, I'd like to sign Joy Division. And Rob Gretton looked at me rather fiercely and said, well, they're not for sale. They're not for signing. You've had a wasted <laughs> journey. And <laughs> And Charlie Wilson, who was, um, among, uh, I, mean, I, I grew to like, and got to know Rob quite well, and I grew to love him dearly, actually. He's a, he was a typical gruff northerner. But Wilson, of course, was one of those sort of charming, he said, no, 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 no it's ridiculous. You've come all this way. Look, up, look at what else we've got. He said, you can't have orchestral moves in the dark. They, <laughs> you can't have them, because they've been signed by Carol Wilson to Dindisk. But he said, you, 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 you might like this. And he put on time goes by so slow by The Distractions, Uh which I completely fell in love with and wanted to know more about. And decided went back to London and and convinced myself and my bosses that um, I would sign this rather cool, odd, quirky, birds meet punk-sounding band called The Distractions, and I did.
1: And why are they deciding to come back again now?
2: Well, Well... Yes, I discovered six months ago. um, (laughs) Good question. Uh, I discovered six months ago that the record had never been released on CD. And it was then that making inquiries, because I do my Man in the Moon label reissues interesting albums and indeed new ones as well, for that matter, but they do put out reissues. And I discovered the great Nick Halliwell of Occultation Records, who was well in with the, the original couple of members, Mike and Steve and all the rest of it. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, we can pull together, A, I want to do a new fresh 2019-20 stroke mix, and I also have got a lot of unreleased material here. So the CD is a bit of a treasure trove yeah. for distractions fans. And you might turn around and say, well... How many distraction fans are there? And I don't really know, except we've had to press over 3,000 copies of the CD. The James Whale Show.
1: Come praise the wheel. On talk radio. Uh, somebody at the door believes you're not. You can't yeah, come in.
2: Who's come to your door? I don't know. I don't like know. Hang on,
1: hang on. You talk. I'll go and see who it is.
2: No, don't let them in, man. Have you not got your own little oxygen mask? The soldier. sold out. I don't mind using oceans. Round, round, and stretch. ah oh and pirouette Whoa. and a star oh. jump oh. squat Woo. thrust yeah and into this is good. a uh this is good.
1: I thought i'd quite like to be uh on my own for uh, some time i mean i really yeah. enjoy what i do so i'm d- this is great
3: you should try being locked in a room with lots of mps
1: i'm exercising all the time mate all the time mm-hmm. uh, my six pack when you see me next time you're going to be out you just won't believe it are oh, you you're bringing some it. beers for all the
2: lads
3: I think I'm going to try and master that thing on the staircase you do, the dancing thing on TikTok. Walking up on your buttocks (laughs) up and down the stairs. No, no, not that one. How would you control a teenage
0: boy? Say you had a 16-year-old boy. He's got to stay in, but that's also going to be quite tough.
1: Get him a PlayStation. That was uh, the clips for today. The worst of Whale, or sorry, sorry, the best of James Whale. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed them. Well, I suppose if you didn't enjoy them, you won't be listening, will you? Anyway, I'll be back 7 o'clock until 10, Monday to Friday on Talk Radio. Have a great day. Thank you for listening.
2: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.